Welcome to the Dairy Brothers Guardians cast, your best podcast spot for all things Cleveland Guardians baseball. Presented by WaitingForNextYear.com. Follow Matt on Twitter at Dairy Speaks and Todd at TD Guardians KU. The Dairy Brothers Guardians cast is on the air. And the season is upon us, everybody. Season preview time as the Guardians get ready to head to Kansas City for the start to the 2022 season. Matt and Todd with you here on the Guardians cast at WaitingForNextYear.com and our friends at the Evergreen Podcast Network. It is indeed Matt and Todd with you. Special guest on the show today, Jim Rosenhouse. Yes, Rosie will be with us. One of the voices of the Guardians on the radio side alongside Tom Hamilton. He's going to call in from Arizona momentarily. We're brought to you by the Center for Advanced Dentistry and Breaking Tea t-shirts at breakingtea.com slash dairy. Roster is set. Todd, you excited for Friday, uh, Thursday afternoon at 4.05? I am excited. Listen, there's got to be someone excited about it besides me and you out there, right? <laughs> I mean, uh, there's not many of us. With, well, with all the with all the, the, the BS surrounding the offseason and what's going on with uh, that we'll get into with the extensions uh, situation and and everything that's right. I, I think getting back onto the field and winning games is going to cure a lot of the, uh, of the anger issues. Now, winning games is not just the easiest thing in the world to do either, but I do think that a hot start would certainly help. I don't know about you. Well, but, I, I just you don't know, know. I don't know how anybody can have a hot start when your pitchers are only going to go four, maybe five innings to start. Pitching is the the, the team's you know, the, the, the tribes or guardians, I already screwed it up, but yeah. M- M.O., that's our M.O. is starting pitching, and yet the guys are only going to be able to go so long. Uh, some of these spring games here over the last couple days have not been good from a runs-producing standpoint. Uh, Oscar Mercado is still on this roster. Bradley Zimmer is still on this roster. You don't know on a day-to-day basis who's going to play first, second, short, left, or right. Every day, it's going to be a mystery. You know, when you said that like that, how you just said you don't know who's going to play all those positions. You don't. It's really bad. No, I know, but that's really bad. It just bothers me. I mean. <sighs> well, you have some guys. Like, Andres Jimenez is going to play. Uh, Ahmed, Ahmed, Ahmed Rosario. Ahmed Rosario is going to play. But the question is, are you going to put Stephen Kwan in right field and let him stay there? Or are you going to dick around with Zimmer and Mercado? I mean, that's the thing. I want, and, and this is the thing. Well, first of all, props to uh, Terry Pluto, Mandy Bell, Zach Meisel. There, there were all these pieces this weekend about Stephen Kwan and his backstory, uh, which were great. So if you haven't seen them yet, please check them out. You get a real appreciation for the kid uh, it just as as a person more than as a baseball player and, and and what he's gone through to get to this position and I don't want to spoil anything because there's such good reads but you know he he really buckled down took himself more seriously as a player and made himself into from from basically a nothing prospect of 10th round pick into potentially your starting you know right fielder now I'm with you 100% to me if he's up he should be playing Right, like if he's not going to be up, which I'd completely be against, then he should be playing every day down in AAA. But if he's up here, he should be up here to play. If I see on opening day against Zach Ranky 
Bradley Zimmer and Oscar Mercado in there, I, I, I'm going to lose my shit. I mean, truly, it's it's insulting to play those two at this point. I mean, here, I take it back. It's insulting that Zimmer's on this roster still. He's amen, amen. 29. He's 29. He's 29. He's been up here since 2017. Enough. And we know what he is. Enough already. It's enough. I, I can live with Oscar Mercado as a platoon right-handed bat with Quan. If that's the way you want to go, I can live with that. I cannot live with Bradley Zimmer anymore. I, he, he can't be on this roster. No, but well, to, but he is. But he is, but he, but he is because there's no other outfielders. And the one outfielder that we all want to be playing the outfield is a shortstop who's barely been converted to the outfield. So that's a problem. Yes, <laughs> and Josh Naylor. And well, to my point... Josh Naylor starting the, the season on the injured list, and he will be back relatively soon. So at that point, maybe that's when they cut bait with Zimmer. Because do you really need another? Do you really need him too? I mean, who knows? I have several worries about the everyday uh, lineup, and I also worry about the pitching staff in terms of what you spoke to earlier with the four or five innings max. Because we're going to be seeing a lot more of guys like Logan Allen and Sam Hentges and Eli Morgan and Connor Pilkington, who I think Eli Morgan and Connor Pilkington I, I'm fans of. I, I think it's good that we're going to get to see the, the Pilkington. He had a nice spring, obviously opened some eyes and made, made the roster, but you know, you're going to have to get these guys in there and, 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 and they're going to have to pitch well because as we both know, we're not going to beat teams 10 to eight. We're going to, you know, the, the guardians are going to have to win, Four to two, three to one. That's that's how they're built. So it's going to be interesting to see how this all shakes out in terms of how long these guys go and who pitches when and 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 how often are these guys being used? You know, Tito's the master has mastered this stuff, but he's also burnt guys out in the past. So he look, ha- look, he has, and I like your call about Tito because for April it's going to be a mad scramble for all these teams that don't have starting pitchers stretched out because of limited spring training and and the lockout and everything else. And and you're right, there's no magic elixir or automatic offense or Dave McCormick in the post that's just scoring at will on this. Dominating, uh, gar- dominating the dojo. You're in New Orleans. Tell the tell people. I'm in New Orleans, people. <laughs> <laughs> tell them. I just had uh, breakfast at the world-famous Mother's. And uh, Matt Painter, head coach of Purdue, was there. It was very interesting. Well, we know. We know very he's not. We, we know he's currently not coaching. Still, I'm only here for one reason, and that's to win a championship. Okay. Rock chalk, Jay. Yeah. No, but anyway, my my whole point is, is you're right. I mean, if Jose and Fran Mill are not doing their thing in the middle of the order, you know, I, I was I caught some of last night's contest uh, uh, via illegal stream. Um, and, uh, again, you know, the Cubs, I have my ways, the Cubs, the Cubs, uh, were trotting out like Robert Gesellman and all these people. And like, we still couldn't hit. And I know it's only spring training. We'll ask Rosie about it, but like, (laughs) you know, there was one inning where Lavastida, who by the way, has good at bats. Um, there were two on and and one out and then Miles Straw hit into a double play. It's just a lot of what we saw last year already. You know, some guys are going to really have to exceed expectations because there's not, I mean, you just don't know. Zach Meisel says it all the time. You just don't know. I mean, what is Owen Miller? What is Yu Chang? Andre Jimenez, Stephen Kwan, <laughs> Miles Straw offensively. You don't know. You know about Jose and you know about Fran Meal. But other than that, it's a total mystery on how this team's going to score runs. Maybe their offense will be great this year and guys like Yu Chang and 
Bobby Bradley will take the next step and become legitimate big league hitters. But you don't know. Maybe they're maybe they're going to suck. Then what? And Bobby Bradley's had a really bad spring, like really bad, uh, which is a concern because again, this is his make or break year too, and you really for this offense to be what it needs to be to have this team be successful, Bobby Bradley's got to hit 30 homers and not strike out three out of every four times he's up. You know what I mean? So there's, there's a lot riding on him. There really is. And I, I, I think he's a great kid. He's, he's done a great job of getting his body to where, uh, you know, he, he can be keeping his power, but thinning out, you know, he, he's, he's really improved defensively at first base and, He's got the shot to be, you know, the everyday first baseman. But there's also Josh Naylor who will be coming back and who probably has a, you know, a decent shot of, of taking that job from him if he doesn't produce. I mean, that's 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 there. So I, I really hope it works for Bobby. I really hope it works for the team because you need him if this offense is going to be great. They, they do. But what happens if on Saturday, let's just let's just say that the first two games and we'll go over the pitching matchups and we'll talk about the Jose Ramirez extension in a second, but uh, or non extension. What about Paul Dolan's comments? Let's check in on those. Crickets. Um, <laughs> Chris. Chris. Can you, where's hey Fred? Hey Fred. Where's the crickets dropped? <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Uh, Chris Bubich pitches on Saturday. He's a left-hander. So I'm assuming. Let's say Bobby Bradley plays thir- uh, Thursday and Saturday. Bubich is on Sunday. Excuse me. And Bobby goes 0 for seven or something. You know, on he's Saturday. Playing, you you is playing first base. No, Owen Miller is playing Owen, first base. Or Owen. Or Owen. So, like, if Ernie and Owen hit, then do you then does that automatically like take these guys out after a few games? Like, that's going to be a tough call for Tito on how to do this because Ernie yeah. Clements had a torrid spring and is hitting. So, but then you get to Kansas City, he's not going to play, but he's going to have to play that's, at some point. So, how do you work all you of know this? What? But you know what? That's the problem with having so many of these guys who are all the same. You don't know who to play when. You don't know how often to play them. Right. If you play them and they're on a hot streak and then it's they it's their turn to sit, it's it's that's the problem with a roster being constructed the way that our the you know the, the Guardians roster is currently being constructed. And we had this it was the same issue last year. It's like one you know, all of a sudden you change super hot. He's playing second base, second base, first base, second base, and they didn't play for a week. You know, Owen Miller comes up, plays every day, doesn't hit, and he sits for, you know, a while. Ernie will come up, have a couple good games. One day he's in left, one day he's at second. You know, it's... There are going to be in, there are going to be injuries though because these guys are not fully sure. fully ready. I mean, there's already injuries on other teams. So uh, Lance Lynn's going to be out. Riley Green is going to be out. So there's there's players in our division already. Teams in our division are ready with uh, guys out, but. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Uh, real fast, uh, uh, if you go to um, breakingtea.com slash dairy, you can get all of your Cleveland sports T-shirt gear, whether it's Browns, Cavs, or Guardians. They've got stuff for you at breakingtea.com. Really the best T-shirts out there. Uh, if you're a college basketball fan and you want some, like, Coach K losing gear, they've already got it at breakingtea.com with the Cleveland collection. You go to breakingtea.com slash dairy, D-E-R-Y. Jim Rosenhaus from the uh, Guardians Radio Network, of course, calls the middle innings, does the pregame, alongside Tom Hamilton, is going to be with us in a second. Todd, what about this Jose Ramirez situation? Uh, We are now three days away 
from opening day. Uh, no extensions been signed. The two sides are reportedly, if you believe some of these uh, reporters, um, the Hispanic uh, reporters that that cover a lot of the Hispanic players, they're the ones kind of reporting this. You know, Hoynesy saying, oh, the talks have broken down. I don't think that's true. But they have got three days to get this done. And, boy, that would be a nice pick-me-up for this fan base if they could agree on something here. It's very interesting because you hear nothing from – Buster Olney and Ken Rosenthal, but all of the um, all the JRAM news is coming from weird uh, subtweets going out there from his Twitter account. Uh, you know the the report. There was a report out there that the first offer was I think four years and eighty nine million, which is, is way low, complete insult. Any any offer that doesn't start at a hundred million dollars, you know, is it's insulting. It's truly insulting. So I, I got into a real big Twitter argument with a lot of people this weekend because I said the deadline is, you know, the, the arbitrary deadline, you know, for the extension is opening day. And there's two sides to every story here. And let's, let's not, you know, go too crazy about this yet. There's still time, but there's, you know, there's bigger picture. There's bigger things at play here. The perception is so bad. Apathy is at its at its you know peak right now. People are angry. People want Jose Ramirez, the most popular player on the team, one of the five best players in the game, and someone who has openly said he wants to finish his career here and he's very comfortable here. People want him extended. It's the easiest move in the world if you are the Dolan ownership to extend this guy when the payroll is at its all-time low, right? Not all-time low, but you know what I mean. It's, it's, in, the, it's, so in, the, it's in the 50s, yeah. Which is a joke when you look <clears throat> at the fact that the average payroll in Major League Baseball is $134 million. It, it's, it, it's, it's insulting. There has never been a better time to extend them. There's never been a, better, a, a more important time to extend them than now. I mean, you don't extend him. And they start off shitty, and then a whole season's worth of it. They're going to trade him at the deadline. Crap is going to come back around. Right. The Blue Jays, yeah, the Blue Jays are hot after him. Of course they are. Yeah. And I don't know what they're waiting for. I'm, I'm, you know, God willing, this all comes together. I'd love to know the real story of, of how this all came about because they have put themselves in such a bad position, ownership. I mean, Jose's got all of the leverage. I mean, all of it. I I don't know where where they're negotiating from because it it, they have they have no leverage. What what legs do they have to stand on right now? Right, you know they 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 need him. They need him a lot more than he needs them. And exactly, uh, and you know, but here's the thing: you you know know him, don't you? This guy? No, you don't. You you know that you have your core young top prospects that are probably a year or two away, like, you know, Rocchio and Valera uh, and Freeman. And then you have your other guys that are just on the cusp. Wouldn't you want the superstar to build around right. and keep him here no brainer. and have him be the centerpiece? And, you know, I, I know a lot of people, I, I saw our, our friend Nick Wilson said, you know, they're making the right decision because you don't want to pay. If you're in that market, you can't pay for, for, for non-prime years. Number one, Jose has shown nothing but prime years and no signs of slowing down. Number two, this is bigger than that. This is about 
Make it, and, and again, this is about this is a statement, right? Fans, right. But this is about appeasing it is. It an is. angry fan base and giving them some meat. You know, like come yeah, on, no. get this guy signed long term, make him a guardian for life. It's not that hard. Just do it. I I agree. And if there's some you know sale that's going on, like we speculated a couple of weeks ago, and everything's frozen, then someone has to come out and say something. Tell us something. What is the direction okay. of this franchise? ESPN today in their power rankings had the uh, the Guardians 20th out of 30 teams uh, with, with, with projecting 77 wins, but saying, hey, listen, there is some potential here, especially with the starting pitching. The organization isn't saying they're rebuilding. The organization is saying they're trying to win. Watch these young players. And I, you know, Antonetti on with Bull and Fox last week. We, we got some guys coming. We got some guys that, that have never played in the bigs. You're going to see with us, which I think he was, you know, talking about Lava and Quan and these guys. Okay, we believe you, but show us the big, the big plate. Show us the main course, and that is Jose Ramirez being locked up long term, and and so you're making a commitment to your fan base, and they've done none of that, none of that, and it's pathetic, and it's poor PR, and and if they don't, you're right, if they don't get an extension signed. then the speculation is going to run rampant after every loss, and that's going to be lingering over that clubhouse. That is not fair, not only to the fans, but to the players, to the young guys that are trying to build something here. Give them a boost. Absolutely. Give them a boost. And you know what? This is a complete – this is different than the redacted X shortstop because that was someone who was never going to stay here. No. He never – you know, he he said all the right things, but we all know that he was going for the most money he could, and his agent – what's his name? Speed? Was that – who is who is who is his agent? David Meter, at first. David Meter. Yeah. This was his. Oh big, yeah, that actually it still is. David yeah. Meter's big chance right. to make his biggest contract, and he was always going to go to a bigger market. Like it, that that was always in the cards, and we knew it. Jose doesn't want to go anywhere. No, he wants to be here. It's like Victor he wants Martin, to be here. It's like Victor Martinez when they, when they traded Victor. Victor didn't want to leave either, and they let him go, and he was great for another eight years or whatever it was. So. This, this is a different situation and a different time, and to not get this done when when you – I've had this conversation with so many people recently. Two of my great friends, Adam and Jeremy, not executive producer, but, but the other Jeremy Bilski. JB, yes. Both of them are both like, I don't care anymore. We're, they're both at the end of their ropes, and they said – they're two of the of many people that I have spoken to that have said if they don't re-sign Jose and they walk and and they trade him, I'm done completely. I, I that's it. Why why would we continue to support a team that can't keep their own great players who want to stay here when the payroll is at already an insulting level? Right. I'm telling you, and and that's that's just you you've two got of my you you've got you've got you've got players and managers on other teams. Dallas Keuchel, Jock Peterson. Now this morning, AJ Hinch, the man who invented baseball, if you believe Detroiters, all all taking shots at us, and it's embarrassing. And they're not wrong. Now, should they be opening up their mouths and talking about other teams? Uh, you could disagree. I mean, Hinch from his glass house throwing stones is interesting, but hey. Tigers did try. Kansas City did try. Minnesota tro- uh, tried, and the White Sox tried this offseason. This organization didn't. They're going to tell you, we didn't feel it was ne- – the guys didn't fit, and we didn't want to preclude uh, a roadblocking our young players. Okay, fine, but Jose Ramirez is your guy sitting there right there in your house for two more years. Keep him around. Give him what he wants. 
No one's saying he's looking for $30 million a year. Doesn't sound like it. So strike while the iron's hot right now. And and if not, they're going to be in for a, a world of hurt from a PR perspective all summer, and that would just be such a shame. Uh, and, we're, yeah, and, there is, and they're already there. You know, it's it's it, it's anger is everywhere. I don't think I don't know if they have any idea how angry the people are. I, I really don't. I, I think that I think their heads are buried in the sand, which is unfortunate. All right, Jim Rosenhaus is coming up next. We're going to talk to him, one of the voices of the Guardians on the radio, the, of course, broadcast partner of Tom Hamilton. We'll get to Rosie coming up next right here on the Dairy Brothers Guardians cast. All right, we promised you Jim Rosenhaus, one of the voices of the Guardians on the radio side. You hear him on uh, WTAM and does the middle innings, the pregame show. Tom Hamilton's a partner, and he joins us now here on the uh, Dairy Brothers Guardians cast. Rosie, thanks so much. Good morning, guys. How you been? Doing okay, doing okay. Wrapping up spring training, and um, it's always an exciting time of year. You know, you, you you play the games out here, and and they're fun when they start, but toward the end, um, everyone just wants to. They're just itching for the season to get going. It's a little bit different this year because of the shorter spring, but uh, there's still that same feeling when when you're at the complex and, and you walk into the clubhouse. And, you see just boxes and uh, all kinds of luggage getting ready to go on the truck back to, to Cleveland. And, um, you know, then there's another set that's going to Kansas City with the team so that you know it's time to get going and, and start playing baseball for real. Todd, Todd and I, before you came on, we're talking about Jose Ramirez, and I'm going to throw you uh, – we're, we're not going to go soft early here. Let's let's do this. What, how You're around him every day. How much does he mean to this team? And I know you're not in, in the midst of the negotiations, and I know how tight-lipped the franchise in it, is about it, but you know how important is it that for the next couple of days, if they could get an extension done, what would that mean for that clubhouse and for this organization? Absolutely huge. And, and look, the, the front office and the ownership, they know that. They're trying to, they're trying to figure out a way. So um, hopefully it's still ongoing and, and, and not, you know, not, put on the, on the side and, and done with, but um, he's huge. I mean, it's interesting because there's been so many young kids in camp this year and, and several made the club. And to a man, when, when you talk about, hey, position player-wise, if you talk to a young position player like a Stephen Kwan who made the team, um, that's the first player he points to is, is who do you look up to, who helps you during your first major league spring training fit in and and who do you who would you like to model your game after in terms of hustle and the way the game's played and it's jose there's no question about it um he just sets a great example he's really funny it's which you know unfortunately there's a language barrier there so so maybe we don't see that as much but he's really funny and he's just got a good way of of keeping things loose but also sets a really high standard of how he plays. And and that's a, a really good thing. So hopefully they can get it done. Um, we'll see. Um, as you know, it's always a challenge, but we'll see what happens. Here, I'm going to ask you a question. But, you know, you just mentioned Stephen Kwan. Talk about uh, a little bit about what you've seen with him and what has set him apart from some of the younger guys that, you know, in, in years past, we've seen in the spring and then get sent down and eventually come up. What What's different about him where he's making the team out of spring and looks like he's going to be a regular, hopefully? Well, there's a couple of things that are different. Um, this year, 
I think because of the lockout and, and some of the things that, that the Guardians had to do with their roster before the lockout, um, there were a ton of young players put on the 40-man roster. And then when the lockout ended, there's, there's no Rule 5 draft which is why they put a lot of them on that 40-man roster. They were worried about losing them in the Rule 5 draft, which normally is in, in December. That didn't happen. And then they thought maybe it would happen when the lockout ended. And when the lockout ended, MLB just said, no, nope, not this year, not doing it. So they wouldn't have lost a lot of guys that they put on for fear of losing them, if that makes sense. So that worked in his favor, for sure. But here's the thing. I don't think he struck out all spring. And contact hitters in today's game are rare. And he not only is a you know doesn't strike out, but it's solid contact. So he showed that all spring. Um, players don't make teams in spring training, but if you have a good track record and he is a career in the minor leagues three hundred hitter, and and last year much better than that at high at the high levels. Uh, then when you back it up with a good spring, that just reinforces the, the track record, and I think that's what put him over the top. And there's opportunity. Everyone knows going going into spring training, the outfield is a question mark, and, and it still is, but maybe he's one of the answers. And, and we'll see how much playing time he gets because if you look at left-handed options in the outfield, he he's easily the one who had the best spring. So we'll see how much playing time he gets early in the year against right-handed I think we're all kind of rooting for that. We'd love to see some new blood. And, you know, Bradley Zimmer's been around. He's 29. I think we've seen what we've seen. And, um, you know, Tito has been reluctant to play younger guys in the past. But do you think in your conversations with him that this is kind of a a direction they know they have to go and and, and he's going to play kids like Quan? Yes. Um, Very much different. Um, I'm not sure what the right word would be, but. Uh, I think that his approach this spring, he knows what the roster is in terms of, of age and experience. It very well could be the youngest in the big leagues again. Um, it was at the tail end of last year, and it very well could be again. And he said, look, you, you got to find out about your young guys, because if you don't, um, you can make some, some pretty bad mistakes in evaluation and, and either let somebody go um, who then performs with another team or, or you just miss out on, on something really good that's right here. So it, it sounds like he's committed to, to really playing those young guys and doing that with the knowledge that, look, there's going to be some nights it does not work out because of the lack of experience. Um, but the, the flip side of that is you live through those mistakes and, and learn from them, and then you could have something really good on the other side. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What was it like to be there for historical sports moments and unforgettable performances? To be behind the scenes? On PressBox Access, you'll hear from me, Todd Jones, and other sports writers about their experiences with the greatest athletes, coaches, and sports events of the past half century. 
we'll share some stories behind the stories, some big, some small, and some we've only told each other. Let us buy you around on PressBox Access. Onto the the uh, pitching side of it, Eli Morgan, Connor Pilkington, um, uh, Logan Allen. It, it, it seems like we're gonna because of the lack of spring training and these guys not being stretched out, we're gonna see a lot of piggybacking. Uh, who there? Which of those young pitchers do you see having the biggest impact early? I think Eli Morgan easily, um, just based on what he did last year. He uh, you know, his overall ERA is up over five from a year ago, but it's kind of maybe two or three outings that, that he struggled in. But the others were, were really good, and he's come in this year, and maybe it's because he's had shorter stints um, in his appearances, but the velocity is, is up to, you know, 93-94, which we did not see last year. He still has that, that great changeup, and his breaking stuff is even better, and he's – this kid's got some serious confidence. I mean, he, he doesn't back down from anyone, and, and he's gained some weight in a good way, um, much stronger. So um, I look for him to, to really be an impact pitcher early on. But um, you're right, though. Those others, they're going to have to count on because, let's face it, this spring, your regular starters made three starts. And I think Savali won four innings the other night, and that's the longest. So don't look for them to just go out and if they're going well, throw seven innings. It's not going to happen, um, at least the first time around, maybe the second and third time around too. So those guys that you mentioned, um, Allen, uh, with some off days, maybe Tristan McKenzie's back there, although he was really looking good, and I'm, I'm sure they want to start him. Um, point being, there's probably nine starters <laughs> of the 14 pitchers coming out of spring training. Um but obviously, four of them are going to be in the pen and a long roll, and it'll be interesting to see how they they are used. Jim Rosenhaus with big, us. We're big. Oh wait, sorry, Matt. No, we're go no, Eli just... Morgan fans. We're big Eli Morgan fans in my household because my daughter thinks he's really cute. <laughs> so, I'm not even kidding. We I took her to when he made his major league debut. You will remember because the weather was so bad, and to your point about his ERA being so high, he he got. The Blue Jays destroyed him in, in two innings. I think he gave up like seven runs. But my my daughter thought he was so cute, and that's now her favorite player. So I'm hoping. How long did you stay at that game? I think we made four, five innings, maybe. It was so. Hey, you bad. should get the award for that. Jim, that, that Jim, was the worst weather night ever. Jim, you have no idea <laughs> you're dealing with. Jim, you have no idea you're dealing with with us two. Uh, we don't miss were games. Were you in a suite or were you outside? No, he was no, outside. No, I was outside. <laughs> I am a season ticket holder, and I go to about fifty games a year. And I, uh, I, I, we were supposed to go that night. I asked my daughter if she wanted to go, and she said yes. I still want to go, so we went. That's how it goes. <sighs> You know, it's funny. If, if that was a Browns game, you'd be like, oh, that's not bad weather. <laughs> well, that's the thing, right? We're, we're going to dress like a Browns game. Like, we brought out the blankets and, you know, heavy jacket and coat and gloves. It was, it was interesting. The whole section of myself. <laughs> I'll bet you did. <laughs> yeah. Jim Rosenhaus with us, of course, from uh, Guardians Radio. Uh, does all the pregame, the middle innings, working with Tom Hamilton. How's Hammy doing, by the way? He's uh, is he still busting your balls at every at every turn there on the radio? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But uh, it seems like he's doing good, and and uh, he's ready for for the games to count. Uh, you know, <laughs> he's, 
it's funny we debate like should should we just sign off after seven innings because once they they flip out all the regulars and it's and this year especially the last week uh because of lockout pushing things back the triple a club left last week um at the tail end of last week so now when when you're looking at, at at who replaces your major leakers in these exhibition games, it is really, really young kids. Now, look, admittedly, they're, they're prospects, but you're talking 19, 20 years old with, with very limited experience. So, um, you know, that gets frustrating sometimes. But, um, yeah, he's ready to go, and, and I think looking forward to the season for sure. Todd asked you about the pitchers. Uh, in terms of the middle, this glut, glut of middle infielders, Chang, uh, Miller, Jimenez, you know, Ahmed moving maybe to the outfield. Um, but, but who has caught your attention? Ernie Clements had a good spring. But who, who do you think is going to play the most of that group? Because it's a lot of guys. Oof, boy, your guess is as good as mine, and, and in a good way because – They've all had really good springs. I mean, Chang came in about 20, 20 pounds heavier, and the ball's really just jumping off his bat. He's making good contact, and we've seen him a lot at second base. It sure seems like like they want to start him over there and, and, and just let him go. Um, Owen Miller has had a huge spring, a really good spring, and we've seen him a lot at first base. So you may see a, a platoon with, with him and Bobby Bradley at first base. Um Ernie Clement will play all over the place. Um, has had a wonderful spring. Um, I think more in a utility role, and, and that it's going to be interesting. If I think the team would be better off if if Ahmed can make left field work, yeah, because then that opens up shortstop for for Andres Jimenez, and and who knows down the line if, if Gabriel Arias is is part of that at some point, but. Um, yeah, you have all those infielders, so if Ahmed can go out and play the outfield, that would open up another spot on the infield and, and maybe solve some problems. But um, Tito, like you mentioned, how is he going to do with all these young guys? Um, he's a master, and I think he really likes it when he has to mix and match and, and move some pieces around and, and kind of figure it out. And He'll have a lot of that going on, uh, especially early in the season, and it'll be interesting to see how quickly – they can settle into kind of a set lineup, or at least you know when a lefty's on the mound, this is the group, and if it's a righty, this is the group. And we'll see how it pans out. But there's a lot of candidates, that's for sure. Yeah, he's. Uh, it, it, it's so interesting. Matt and I have had many, many conversations of who is going to play where and how often these guys are getting used. Uh, it's it's very interesting. So. The catching position is also something that's kind of up in the air. We know that Austin Hedges is, is your, your starter, and we know how good he is in handling the staff. Um, the, the, the backup situation with, with uh, Luke Maley not being able to be ready, I thought for sure that Sandy Leon was going to stay up and uh, uh, they would send Brian Lastavita down. Uh, uh, but I, I, I was actually pleasantly surprised that they went with the kid as the backup, uh, tell me, uh, uh, tell us all what you thought of him this spring. Well, it definitely has some work to do catching. And, um, you know, from a, a pure backup catcher standpoint, they would have been better off keeping Sandy Leon from the standpoint of handling a staff, defense, all that kind of stuff. 
but they're going to go with Lavastida, and, and and I get what you're saying. Like when you say it, you know, it's nice to see that, and pleasantly surprised. Um, the, some of it is the 40-man roster issue. Um, Leon was a non-roster invite to spring training, so they would have had to clear a spot, and I don't know that they were comfortable doing that, especially if it's just for, you know, if, if Maley's back in two weeks, um, you know, you, you potentially lost a 40-man roster kid, you know, who, who could get claimed on, on waivers, and then um, Leon would be DFA'd. Um, and you could lose him, you know, and when, when Maley comes back. So there were a lot of things going roster-wise there that, that just weren't working out. So uh, roundabout way, he asked about Lava Steve. Um, it's still a ways to go defensively, and, and that's going to be really important, um, how he fares behind the plate when he does play, and he will play. They're not going to play Austin Hedges every day. Um, that'll go a long way toward – you know how they feel about him and maybe keeping him around a little bit longer so uh, he knows that and, and he's trying to soak up as much as he can from sandy alomar and, and and austin hedges who he said was has been just tremendous towards him in, in just showing him the little things that can help a pitcher get through a game and that's really that's the most important thing for him whenever he hits his gravy um, he's hitting the minor leagues and, and i think they're excited about that part of it but he's got to be able to handle the pitching staff and and um, that'll be a challenge for him, no question. And, and you know, we, we've seen him struggle at times in the spring, but he's got a strong arm. We've seen that. And um, and he's coming along nicely. It's just I think in a perfect world, he, he, he would not have made the club this quickly. But it's a great opportunity for him and, and a, really a nice opportunity for the Guardians to see what they have there. He only played uh, seven AAA games last year, but he can hit, and uh, the at-bats have been pretty impressive in the spring, which has been nice to see. Rosie, what what are the realistic expectations? You know, some people say, well, with this rotation, they can still make a run at the division. Others are saying, no, too many teams have made too many big improvements in terms of free agency, which Cleveland has not done. What, what do you think? Where, 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 where can this 2022 edition go? I mean, I, I don't think there's a, a national publication that thinks that, that they're going to be in contention um, at, at the end. But again, I mean, you never know how a season is going to play out. Um, I think heading into last year, a lot of folks thought that the Twins would be a, a contender, and, and they really had a hard time. Um, I think as long as you have the good pitching, you're in games, and I know Tito has said in the past it's a, it's a lot easier to try and win you know, three to two, two to one type games than it is to try and out slug people every night and then try and win 10 to nine games. So, so if you're going to be strong in an area, you'll take the good pitching and take your chances. Um, the bullpen, look, they have a, a high quality closer and, and class A, and, and we've seen some other young arms really look good out there. So, um, yeah, I think they feel good about the pitching and, and how are these young players going to come along on the position side? We'll see. Um, probably more question marks than, than the Guardians have had in a long time heading into a season. Um, I don't know if that's good or bad, but, um, you know, potentially it could be really good, but potentially there, there could be some stretches where it's a, a challenge. And, uh, yeah, I think the one, I don't know if scary is the right word, if they have the injuries that they had a year ago, um, it's going to be really tough. But if they can stay healthy, maybe this team can hang around a little bit and, and you know, you get to the all-star break in a good spot and anything could happen. 
Todd, you got anything else? No, I'm good. Hey, listen, I think we covered like every single position. <laughs> so so I, I think I think we got it good. I, I here here's here's a, a uh, off topic. We'll finish with a fun question. What is your favorite ballpark to call uh, a game? You know, I get asked that a lot, um, and it's funny because it's one of the fun things about the job is looking forward to seeing all these ballparks that that you've seen on on TV you know, over the years. And, um, so they're all fun in their own way. Uh, probably like just the most enjoyable to me, maybe because of, of where it is, a part of the country I'd never been to. Um, and it has one of those retractable roofs, which we, we saw during a game where it started open and then it started raining and they closed it and they kept playing. Um, it's Seattle, a beautiful ballpark. Um, is a great booth to work in and that kind of thing but but just a really neat ballpark but um you know the the classics are fun wrigley and, and fenway and um we're so fortunate that we have a ballpark in our own town where we we go 81 games a year that's a favorite too i mean you, our ballpark's awesome and this i still maintain that that when it gets cranking um, and the team is good, and the, the crowds are good. Um, it's as loud as any ballpark in baseball. There's no question about that. And um, it's still the only one that shakes. Uh, postseason 2016, postseason 07, my first year. Uh, I mean, it was shaking when when big moments happen, and that's pretty cool. So, um, road ballpark probably Seattle. Although Wrigley and Fenway are really cool because of. Uh, you know the history, and and they're just so unique. Uh, but I'm I'm ecstatic that that we get to do 81 uh, in downtown Cleveland at Progressive Field. That's a good one. You you mentioned uh, 2016, and obviously we Todd and I have told the story on the show here about when Rajay hit the home run and jumping into each other's arms, and still gives me chills to this day. But what I love about the job that you do is you know you're working with one of the best and. You got to do obviously. You're doing middle innings of play by play, and there's some games you do the whole game when Hammy's not there. But that's tough, man. Sometimes to just lay out, turn your mic off, to put your headset down, and get and get out of the way. There's so many young broadcasters now, and there's so many guys in other sports screaming over their play by play guy or the color guys yelling. Big moments, you know, to kind of lay out right and kind of let Hammy do his thing because he lays out too and just lets the crowd sometimes tell the story. That's not not easy to do. I commend you for it. Oh dear! You know what? It is easy to do because the alternative is <laughs> if I if I were to jump in and ruin ruin a great moment, um, that would not be pretty. Um, <laughs> uh, like just from like the fan blowback would be awful. Um, so oh, I thought you meant Hammy would kill. Yeah, we know Tom. Well, that too. But um, <laughs> you know what? Just out of like respect for him, but which is obvious, but but respect for the broadcast because I get what you're saying. Like, and maybe it's more so in the NFL when, when like yes. a guy's on a long run. Yes. Um, we know oh, we, he's going, he's going. Yeah. Like that, more, that Bengals announcer. Oh, be nice. Come on. We, we know Dan, we know Dan Horde. I know Dan Horde very well and he loves Dave Lapham. They're like best friends, but yes, that's a good example. That's and, a good and, example. But you know what like talked over. <laughs> and, and like over the years, you know, it just, and I, I learned this early on, and maybe you were asking me how long I've been doing it. Um, and when I started in 07, my first couple of years, I wasn't on very much. But I watched Mike Keegan and 
when there would be the big calls. What he did, and, and he gave Tom the, the space to to make the call, lay out so you could hear the crowd, and then follow it up with some phrase that would make you laugh or, or just feel better, even better about the, the play or, or whatever. And then Mike would, you know, jump in and talk about the moment or whatever. So it was really easy to learn from that. Um, I kind of knew it anyway, just from what you said, you know, listening to games and, and what what sound good, what sounds good and, and what's frustrating at times. But um, that particular moment, uh, you know, the home run happens and the call happens and all that kind of stuff. And you're just like, it's easy to lay out because you're just looking at, at the crowd going bananas and looking down at the dugout. And, uh, that hopefully, even though it's radio, came through, you know, on the radio. And, and then, you know, Tom's further descriptions of the mayhem and the dugout and, and the, the fans and all that, you know, that's plenty. <laughs> it is so easy to, to just stay back and, and let that moment play out with, you know, someone who hopefully at some point's going to the Hall of Fame. That That's easy to do. Heck yeah. Heck yeah, he is. Uh, Rosie, thanks so much, man. We love listening to you. Uh, all the best this season. Safe travels, and thanks for coming on. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. That was fun. Follow him on Twitter, at Guardians Radio. Jim Rosenhouse, 15 years on the broadcast, joining us today here on the Guardians cast. A lot of fun talking to Jim Rosenhouse uh, there, Todd. Uh, one of the voices, of course, of the Guardians. Works with Tom Hamilton on the radio side. 15 years he's been there. I think he's, he thinks about 10 or 11 years where he's done play-by-play, but uh, does color when Hammy is doing the games. And Great guy. Really enjoyed having him on. Yeah, he really was. Good insight, great guy, really enjoyed him. And, uh, yeah, love having a good guest, that's for sure. There, uh, there's only so much people want of me and you. <laughs> more of me, less of you. Remember that Jim Rome It's always a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But uh, it gets going for real on Thursday at 4.05. Um, I know I'll be locked and loaded. I'm sure you will be as well for Zach Granke and Shane Bieber. Uh, pitching matchups. Uh, I was talking to a uh, friend of the program, and he said, "Can't wait for the pitching matchups." I said, "I'll deliver." You talking about the king of the pitching matchups, Matthew P. Dairy? <laughs> <laughs> That's right, Come Pete. On, the P- if people if people only knew you, you you've been doing the pitching matchups uh, with for years, the executive producer for twenty years <laughs> before texting. <laughs> yeah, before the internet, where I could just look, yeah. I could look it up. I mean, I was, I was, you know diagnosing this thing with with newspaper box scores and and counting back by four and stuff. But uh, Bieber and Granke for the opener on Friday, uh, then or Thursday. I think I saw cloudy and about 48 degrees in Kansas City for Thursday, and then it's going to warm up. Friday, an off day in case of a rainout. Saturday, Brad Keller against Zach Plesak. Sunday, lefty Chris Bubich against Cal Quantrill. And then Aaron Savali on Monday afternoon in Kansas City against uh, Carlos Hernandez, uh, the right-hander. So three righties, one lefty. You know, the Royals, everybody in, in Kansas City is talking about Bobby Witt Jr. starting. And you, know, you look at that lineup, it's not bad. I mean, the Royals have some 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 pop with Merrifield and certainly Salvi Perez. And uh, if Mondesi's healthy, he's pretty darn good. And Hunter Dozier always kills us for some reason. I was just going to say, you're talking about uh... – Babe Ruth against the Indians, Hunter Dozier, your boy. That guy kills us yeah. every year. 
But uh, last year, I think uh, we played pretty well in Kansas City. Josh Naylor had a lot of big games. and We'll see. I mean, again, like Rosie said, I mean, who knows what to predict? You don't, you don't know. People that say, oh, they're going to suck. They haven't signed anybody. Or people are saying, I really like our young kids. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm not happy with the direction. I don't like that they haven't added more pieces. I, I despise that Bradley Zimmer might be starting in right field on opening day or left field, which would be gross. Um, but who knows? I, I'm just hopeful that when we see that lineup on Twitter at noon on Thursday or whatever it is, that Quan is out there and, and Ahmed is out there. And then it's Jimenez, Chang, and Bradley, and let's go. Let's you know, there's no reason Ahmed Rosario should be at shortstop anymore. You've got enough shortstops. Now, if if Andres really struggles or somebody gets hurt, they have to move him back, or Ahmed's a complete disaster in the outfield. But when you have a Gold Glove caliber center fielder that can cover a lot of ground, maybe Miles Straw helps um, the Ahmed situation in left field as he gets acclimated to it. I don't know. Yeah, we look back at that Miles Straw trade, and I think we're going to really like it. I mean, Phil Maton was was a very solid reliever, and he did a nice job for Houston. But to be able to pluck a guy like Straw, who seems like he's going to be the center fielder for the foreseeable future, leadoff man. Um, I mean, they're, they're, they're lucky they have him right now, because if they didn't, he'd probably be looking at the Zimmer Mercado center field platoon again. How many, how many, how many, we're going to wrap up with this. How many wins for this team? Put it in stone. Uh, 75. Oh, I just, I don't geez. see it being any better than that. What would you want me to do? You want me to, I'm just being, I just, I just got to tell it like it is. I, I just don't see how they're any better than that. And it also, a lot of it also has to do with the improvements of the teams in the division. Like this isn't, three, four years ago when we would go, you know, 17 and two against the Tigers or, you know, 15 and four against the Royals. I mean, that, that's just not going to happen again. And those were where we, where we picked up a lot of those wins. I just, I don't see that happening this year. So I, I think 75, what about you? 83. That's more than last year, by the way. I know last year, the injuries were ridiculous. That's true. I I just think if this John, were, what about JC Mejia? <laughs> oh God, help us! I just I don't know. That's a good question. He's with somebody. JC Mejia. I, I he just started like a million times. Oh, I know. It's painful. I just yeah. think if this rotation can stay healthy, I, I think we're in these games. Now, are we going to lose a lot of two to one, three to two, four to two? I do. I think so, but I don't know. I, I I'm just. <laughs> I don't know what – I just am maybe more optimistic than you, and I just think pitching is – run prevention. You know I say this all the time. Run prevention is still the name of the game. And uh, Tito back and not DeMarlo Hale or Sandy running this thing. No offense to those guys. Full season of Tito and a healthy rotation. I, I think this thing can be better than people think. And then you got to hope they re-up Jose and maybe make an addition or two at the deadline. One can only hope. I, uh, I, if they could just again, I think that, and you know, this team seemingly starts slow all the time. If they can start hot, it would just mean so much, just from from a fan standpoint, but also for these kids to build up their confidence and say, hey, 
you know, we, we're, we're right there. We can do this. Why not? You know, and some of these kids are obviously going to be playing well if they start off and the pitching will go good. I just think that getting off to a hot start is just so important, more important this year than any year that I can remember. All right, buddy. Well, uh, good luck tonight. Big game for you as uh, your Jayhawks uh, take on uh, UNC, the Roy Williams Bowl. Be safe, and uh, hopefully you're coming home with a natty. One, one can only hope. Uh, I, I, I don't have many things left in life that I really uh, need to see, but seeing one of my teams win a championship in person, I mean, you and I were supposed to have that moment in Game 7 in 2016, uh, and that obviously didn't come to fruition, but uh, hopefully tonight um, I'll get to see something that I've never seen before in person, and it'll be uh, magical, and uh, then we'll probably go on probation next year. So, hey, <laughs> who, cares? Jayhawk, who, who cares? Who cares? Long... Hey, it get... won't matter if we win the title. Not at all. Not at all. All right, uh, for Todd Derry, Matt Derry here. Jim Rosenhaus for joining us as well. Thanks to our friends, Dr. Ben Hornstein and the folks at the Center for Advanced Dentistry and Breaking Tea T-shirts. It's our uh, season preview in the books. Next Monday, we'll be talking about games, actual games that the team has played uh, against the Kansas City Royals. So, uh, as always, folks, out of room and out of here. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon. In a world infatuated with comic fandom comes a show to help us remember the talents that have inspired us. Whoa, 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 cut. Oh, come on. It wasn't that bad. It's a bit dramatic. Let's just tell them about the show, guys. We are the Canned Air Podcast. Join us weekly for a comedic trip through pop culture. We also welcome some cool comic creators, as well as some of the voice and screen actors that help shape your childhood. Find us on cannedairpodcast.com and on the Evergreen Podcast Network.